Welcome to the official podcast channel of the Australian Physiotherapy Association, the latest in clinical, academic and health leadership, giving you access to preeminent physiotherapy research from Australia and across the globe. In this podcast, the editor of Journal of Physiotherapy, Associate Professor Mark Elkins, joins Stephanie Philbay to discuss her paper published in the April issue of the journal. In what follows, the pair discuss how finding a way to maintain a physically active lifestyle seems to have a major influence on quality of life after cruciate ligament reconstruction. I'm the editor of the journal, Mark Elkins, and the paper under discussion is titled Activity Preferences, Lifestyle Modifications and Re-Injury Fears Influence Long-Term Quality of Life in People with Knee Symptoms following anterior cruciate ligament reconstruction. And that's a qualitative study, and I'm joined by the author of the paper, Dr. Stephanie Philbay. Stephanie, thanks very much for joining the podcast. Thank you. I'm delighted to discuss this research with you today, Mark. Thanks for having me. Great. Um, Can you start by giving us a little bit of background about you, where you are working and how you got interested in this topic of long-term outcome after cruciate ligament reconstruction? Okay, uh, well, I completed my physio degree at La Trobe University in 2010. Mm-hmm. Since then, I've been working in private practice for various sports teams and doing some tutoring and lecturing while completing my PhD at the University of Queensland. So I've just recently finished my PhD, exploring longer-term outcomes after ACL injury with a specific focus on quality of life. I am currently based at Oxford University in the UK, undertaking a research fellowship within the Centre for Sport, Exercise and Osteoarthritis. My interest for ACL research might have something to do with my own personal experiences. Uh (laughs) I was 17 when I first ruptured my ACL playing soccer. I guess I experienced firsthand what it was like to, you know, to wake up from an ACL reconstruction to face the challenges of rehabilitation and to eventually return to sport. After uh, after returning to soccer, I ruptured the ACL graft, I think that was three years later, and underwent revision surgery. More recently, I actually retore that graft and my medial meniscus. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and I've decided not to undergo a third reconstruction. Oh, gosh, you really have lifted all then. Um, exactly. I think I do think these you know these personal experiences with ACL injury give me, I guess, a unique viewpoint as a clinician and researcher in this field. Yeah, so. and, and also um, not just into the injury but into all the aspects of it that you've investigated with this project. Um, mm. Yeah, it definitely gives a different viewpoint when you've sat down and completed some of the questionnaires from the other side of the table as well as just assessing the data, if that makes sense. Yeah. So... <laughs> When you think about, say, the sports teams that you were involved in in Australia, um, ACL rupture is one of the really high-profile injuries, I suppose, I guess because they are so devastating to the player. But the stats around ACL rupture really show that it's not all over after the surgical repair and a short period of intense rehab, which I guess you've experienced. But the, the data show that that's... Typical story, not just a not just a bad story for some individuals. Mm. Certainly, 
anybody expecting a, a quick and easy return to sport is likely to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. As we most of us know, it's, it is for many young athletes one of the most challenging experiences they will have encountered. Uh, we know that on average, people expect a great outcome after ACL reconstruction. But yet there's a lot of statistics out there, like, uh, like the fact that every second person will not return to non-elite sport after surgery, as shown in uh, Claire Adjern's recent meta-analysis. Mm-hmm. We know that around 20% of people have persistent knee pain more than two years after reconstruction. And a, a larger proportion will get knee osteoarthritis within 10 years of injury. So people who return to competitive sport are more likely to undergo revision surgery or suffer a contralateral ACL rupture. Mm-hmm. And this, this increases actually to an alarming 30% in people aged under 20 years who return to competitive sport. Wow. Mm, then, and then both, both additional surgery and revision reconstruction are consistently associated with worse longer-term outcomes, including poorer quality of life in the long run. Obviously, it's not all bad news. There is a proportion of people who do really well after ACL injury with reconstruction or with exercise therapy alone. So with ongoing concerns about knee function, the decision about whether to return to sport in elite athletes and even not-so-elite athletes must be pretty difficult. Is, Is this something that patients often wanted to discuss with you back when you were doing your clinical work, say, with the sports teams? Mm, mm. I mean, in my experience, uh, especially in Australia, it is common for an ACL injured patient to come into the clinic wanting and expecting to return to sport. Mm -hmm. And this is not, I mean, it's not overly surprising considering that many ACL ruptures occur in adolescents and young adults who've been playing sport most of their life. Um, most people with an ACL rupture who walk into the clinic are not aware of the potential risks of returning to sport, including an increased risk of osteoarthritis and a risk of further knee injury. But for some people, returning to sport will, by far, outweigh the associated risks, whilst for others, they might be happy to modify their activity choices and reduce a perceived risk of re-injury or future osteoarthritis. I guess uh, it's important that physios should be having these discussions with patients and physios and patients should work together to weigh up both the, the risks and benefits of returning to sport. There's also a need to regularly have this discussion throughout the rehabilitation journey as the patient's goals and desires can change over time as new considerations like fear of re-injury and altered knee function enter the picture. Mm. So that change over time is something you really tackled in your research because you interviewed people with knee symptoms years after an ACL reconstruction and you looked at their experiences and what factors they felt contributed to their quality of life. Did, mm-hmm. did you have a fixed definition for what the ongoing symptoms had to be like for people to be eligible to participate in your study? Uh-huh. Well, to take part in the interviews, people had to experience some degree of knee pain, symptoms or activity limitations. And that was uh, determined using the COOS, so a validated questionnaire, and we used a cut-off point on that questionnaire. 
But within this, uh, the degree of knee difficulties varied from very minor knee symptoms to more substantial knee difficulties. Uh, within this, two groups of people with knee difficulties, five to 20 years after reconstruction, were interviewed. Those who reported a very good quality of life score and those who reported a very poor quality of life on the ACL qual questionnaire. And that's the only ACL-specific quality of life questionnaire. And this allowed identification of differences and similarities between these two groups and provided insight into why some people report very good quality of life despite ongoing knee pain and symptoms. One of the key themes you identified in the interviews was that some patients had a strong preference for competitive sport. This reminded me a bit of the anecdotal reports I've heard about of, say, people in the spinal unit who sustained their injuries doing high-risk or high-adrenaline activities wanting to get back to that, which might explain the popularity of wheelchair rugby and wheelchair basketball. Obviously, some ACL patients returned to competitive sports successfully, but for those whose need didn't allow them to do that, this was a source of dissatisfaction for them, right? The fact that they weren't participating in specifically competitive sport? Mm, that's right. That was a key theme that arose from the interviews. It was uh, that some people had a very strong preference to be physically active through competitive sport as opposed to recreational exercise, such as the gym or, or jogging, which they did not find satisfying. Some people with a strong preference for exercising through competitive sport became physically inactive if they did not return to sport after ACL injury. In some instances, this resulted in weight gain, depression, and poor quality of life. On the other hand, people who enjoyed recreational exercise despite having played sport in the past, often des described uh, a more easy and, and rapid transition to an active lifestyle after they seized sport. Either way, maintaining a satisfyingly active lifestyle was a critical determinant of quality of life for all ACL reconstructed people who took part in the interviews. So what do you think physiotherapists can do to get people who are in that funk because they can't do competitive sport into the new mindset of or what do you think physiotherapists should do to help those people should they be trying to change their viewpoint of recreational exercise hmm. okay well it is a difficult question um and there isn't any research in this area but i'll give i guess my my opinion um well i think it's important to understand an individual's exercise preferences. Mm -hmm. So questions like, what do you enjoy about sport? Is there any type of exercise that you don't find enjoyable or satisfying? What motivates you to exercise? And uh, how important is participation in sport to you? You know, by asking the right questions, a physio can identify people with a strong preference for competitive sport. These individuals, uh, they need a plan B tailored to their sporting motives and needs. For example, um, if for some reason uh, Sally doesn't end up returning to her sport, what else can we find that she will enjoy just as much, that will satisfy her love of competition, that will be just as social and match some of the same skill set that she's already acquired, since these are the factors that determine the level of enjoyment Sally gets from exercise? 
uh, it's not uncommon for somebody to be unaware that there are alternatives out there that would satisfy their exercise needs. For some, sport participation is a fundamental source of happiness, you know, in, infused into their self-identity from early childhood. Suddenly stopping sport, despite strong desires to continue, can leave a large deficit on someone's quality of life. For example, uh, one lady I interviewed, she was an Olympic gymnast. After undergoing ACL reconstruction at a young age, she feared re-injury and did not return to gymnastics. She became completely inactive, put on a lot of weight and was very unhappy for over 10 years. She described getting no enjoyment out of the non-competitive forms of exercise that she tried over the years. Then, after hitting a rock bottom, as, as she called it, she found the sport of weightlifting that she could compete in at a high standard without feeling like she would re-injure her knee. She still experienced the same degree of, of knee pain and difficulties, yet she said that her quality of life went from 10% to 110% when she started exercising competitively again. Mm. So you would say physiotherapists have a role in explaining to patients that they're more likely to end up happier if they can accept their new situation as far as their knee's concerned, specifically their knee, and also in helping patients to find some form of new exercise regimen that they can enjoy. Yeah, this, this was one of the findings from the study. But I, I should point out that this only applies to people with longer-term knee difficulties after ACL reconstruction, since those were the ones included in this study, many of whom might have early-onset knee osteoarthritis. For these people, adapting their lifestyle to meet their knee capabilities may result in more satisfaction than uh, striving to perform at a pre-injury level with a knee that does not match pre-injury function. Okay, so what about fear of re-injury? Is this something that physiotherapists can or even should try to intervene in? Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought up fear of re-injury because, as I'm sure you're aware, it, it's widespread after ACL reconstruction. It's actually the number one reason people give for not returning to sport. No. I think physios are in an ideal position both to identify and address re-injury fears. Physios can help patients to rebuild knee confidence during high-demand activities while addressing any physical deficits to minimise the actual likelihood of re-injury. In order to do this, physios should look beyond just physical and functional goals for rehabilitation progression and assure that the patient's fears, doubts and uncertainties are being addressed at every stage of rehabilitation. Before returning to sport, an ACL reconstructed person should be confident in the ability for their knee to withstand the demands of their sport. Patients should have mastered the ability to perform extremely challenging tasks with unexpected perturbations and distractions that closely mimic the demands they will face on the sporting field before they step out onto the pitch. One of the things that I really love about your paper are the two flow diagrams that you've included. I encourage listeners to access these in the free full text version of the paper. The first one shows how 
all the factors that we've been discussing potentially interact. And the second one shows how a patient's response to fear of re-injury can influence whether they end up adopting an active or an inactive lifestyle at the end of that process. Mm. Yeah, a key finding of the study was the three different ways in which participants behaved when faced with a fear of re-injury following ACL reconstruction. The first uh, was given the label fear accommodation. Fear accommodators modified their movement patterns or activity choices to minimise their perceived risk of further knee injury. These people tended to maintain an active lifestyle and experience a satisfactory quality of life. The second was fear suppression. So fear suppressors overcame or suppressed re-injury fears to continue participating in high-impact sport. These people tended to be very satisfied with their quality of life while they were taking part in sport. However, some went on to experience subsequent knee injury, ACL re-rupture, or a progressive deterioration in knee function over time. Because of this, new challenges emerged later down the track with, with potential impacts on quality of life. I guess you can probably tell from my description that fear suppressors tended to be those with a strong preference for competitive sport, as opposed to uh, fear accommodators, who more often than not enjoyed recreational forms of exercise. These interrelationships are summarised in, in the flow diagram that you mentioned. The final behaviour out of the three was fear avoidance. And this involved avoidance of any activity with a perceived high risk of re-injury. For some, this meant avoiding sport alone. But for others, they avoided daily activities like playing with their dog or carrying small children or even walking outside in the dark. So fear avoiders were likely to have a poor knee-related quality of life. I should point out uh, that people often described experiencing more than one of these behaviours at different stages of their ACL journey. One of the strengths of the study was the journey from ACL injury to present day, including uh, change and adaptation over time, was captured through the interviews. I mean, that's a limitation of most questionnaires. Thank you very much for those insights, Stephanie. What, what's next for you? What research will you be uh, following on with from this study? Mm. Well, the next step, I believe, is to develop strategies to optimise quality of life across the lifespan following ACL injury. At the moment, there's no research looking at this at all. I, I think that physios have the potential to modify an individual's ACL journey for the better. Whether this be through identifying people better suited to non-operative management or facilitating transition to a sustainable and satisfyingly active lifestyle, maybe helping a young patient overcome re-injury fears or informing an individual of current evidence so that they have the option to make choices that might result in, say, avoidance of a total knee replacement 20 years down the track. Hi, mm, I, I will continue researching this field with, I guess, the, the hope that in the future we will have a better understanding of how to give a young person who tears their ACL the best possible chance of leading a, a satisfying and active life. Mm, well, I think what the issues you identified in this study are certainly a great springboard for that pathway of research. You've got good ideas to 
um, pursue as far as finding those interventions. Well, thank you very much for your time. It's been a really informative podcast. Mm. Thank you for the opportunity to discuss this research and also to the Journal of Physiotherapy for publishing the study. Great. Thanks, Stephanie. To find out more, visit physiotherapy.asn.au.